0: Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life.
1: Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free.
0: Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. You're listening to the Self Mastery Podcast, where we break through barriers holding you back from becoming who you want to be. Whether you're struggling with pornography, overeating, social media addiction, or just want to get better at succeeding at life, this podcast is for you. Now your host, Zach Spafford. Hey
1: everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and I have with me today, my lovely Darcy. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. It's been quite an exciting month for us, hasn't it? It has been. Yeah, we started the self-mastery membership, which we love. It's something that I think anybody can come and participate in. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, go check that out at com. It's for the wife, it's for the husband, it's for parents who are trying to figure out what, how do I have this conversation with my children, right? So there's something for everybody there. I want to talk about something that's been on my mind recently. I hope that in sharing this, you will not think less of me. So I used to think that Darcy could make me happy. I thought that if I could just make her happy enough, and then she would in turn make me happy. And I think that seemed simple enough. And I used to do pretty much whatever she wanted. Is that true, Darcy?
0: absolutely that
1: is pretty true and i would let her get things that i thought we didn't need and i would do whatever it took to make her life as comfortable as possible in fact in the first few years of our marriage we moved so many times just because darcy found a new apartment that she liked better than the one that we lived in at the moment is that true Yeah, that's true. She's like, hmm, how (laughs) do I say this? (laughs) I think we've
0: we've lived in like 14 or 15 different places in our 17 and a half years of marriage.
1: Yeah, that's kind of insane. In fact, the, the first time that we lived in Milwaukee, we only lived here for about six years, and we lived in three different places before we bought a house. So in six years, we lived in four different houses. And, you know, did we really need to move? No. Did we do it because Darcy wanted to? Yes. Definitely.
0: I think it was because you like lifting heavy things oh, yeah. to show I me love your muscles. The, yeah, yeah,
1: that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned to build things, and I learned to fix things, and I learned to make more money and to climb the corporate ladder, all so I could give Darcy more. Partly I did that because I enjoy it, too. So it's not all about Darcy, but very much she would be like, hey, I want this. And I'd be like, okay, this is how we would go about doing it. And then I would go about doing it, pretty much. That, that's fair, right? Mostly. And when it came to my personal time, like time to go play basketball or watch sports or go do outdoors activities, Darcy had a firm veto on all of it. And if she didn't like what it was that I was wanting to do, she would basically just put a stop to it. And then and then there was sex. So I would pretty much do anything for sex. Is that a fair characterization? Pretty close. In the, yeah, in the beginning it was definitely... I, you know, I would give up whatever I wanted for sex. And there were some pretty strange bargains made in the name of sex. And I did this in an effort to make her happy. You know I was trying to make you happy, right? hmm Yeah. And I was trying to do that all so I would make me happy. And you guys probably know by now I was actually doing it wrong. I was... I was approaching my life incorrectly. I was looking for happiness in the wrong place. I was looking for someone else to make me happy. I was looking for something outside me to make happiness inside me. All while this was going on for me, something else was going on for Darcy. Something I think was probably a little bit similar, but definitely different.
0: I truly believed it was Zach's job to make me happy. I 100% believed he had the power to do that and that he in fact should.
1: Yeah. When I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I
0: wasn't happy, it was his fault or the kid's fault or the house's fault. Pretty much everything outside of me was to blame for my unhappiness. And don't get me wrong, I was not miserable all the time, but when I was not happy, it was not my fault. At least in my head. I would use sex as a bargaining tool for me to get what I wanted on occasions. I also used sex as a way to feel validated by Zach. I also thought I could make Zach happy by having sex. What? True story.
1: I enjoyed it, though. Yes. It's true.
0: I I guess I can say if I was having sex with you, it was a lot easier for you to think you were happy.
1: (laughs) That's true. And what's interesting about this is that I, I think we came into our relationship, and I think so many people come into relationships in a place where they believe that their partner is supposed to make them happy. This is the story that we've basically been told, and we love this story because what that means is that they complete us. They they make it so that we are now whole, and we get what we've always wanted,
0: which is that fairy tale, fairy perfect tale. life. Yeah,
1: like Rapunzel, Rapunzel, or whatever, or Cinderella. Cinderella gets rescued by a prince, right?
0: Yes, Who I else? think they all do. Don't they all? Pretty much, Ariel. Who?
1: Ariel gets, gets rescued, rescued, rescued by, by a prince. By they your... all get rescued by a prince. Right. And this is the idea that we go into our marriages with. Like I'm the knight in shining armor and you are the princess who's going to, you know, give me the beautiful woman that I need in my life to, you know, make my kingdom whole. And I get from you sex and you get from me stability and a castle and a kingdom. Right. That works. Yep, That's totally fair. Right. How did that not work? (laughs) (laughs) How did that not work for us?
0: Well, first off, marriage is not a fairy tale. I think
1: oh, are you kidding
0: me? <laughs> I think, especially in our lDS culture, we we grow up with this idea that you know, we're gonna we're gonna be worthy get married to the temple. And, you know and he'll
1: be a return missionary. yeah,
0: and we're gonna get sealed for time and all eternity, and then it's gonna be amazing. And we're gonna have gonna, four
1: kids, and yeah, two boys and two girls.
0: and life is just gonna be pure and he's bliss. he's gonna be a
1: doctor, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Or a dentist,
1: or a dentist, right? Or, or a lawyer.
0: Yes, and and that is, I I really believe that is how we we kind of are are taught and and really if, that we do these things like if we go on a mission and we get married in the temple that and we do you know we live the gospel to the best of our abilities that we will be happy.
1: Yeah, we check all the boxes and then we think, oh yeah, I've I have succeeded now, and that's not true, is it? No. Life's not a fairy tale. How, how long have we been married? Almost 18 years now. Mm
0: -hmm. And in fact, I have a friend who has recently left the church and a lot of her, um, drama around it. I don't know if I should call it drama, but
1: a lot of the things that she discusses with you
0: is how about
1: her life
0: is how, you know, she did all the right things and yet her life has been really, really hard. Yeah. And I, and I think that is one of the, the challenges one of the that
1: we give ourselves as members of the church or, or that I think we try to give ourselves as members of the church. I don't agree with it, but yeah. yeah, here's the next thing, right? We weren't bringing everything we could because we were acting like the other person would make up half the work. This, was, this is kind of that 50-50 principle where, you know, a lot of us come and we think, well, if I do half and she does half, then all of it will get done. And we'll be a whole. And we'll be a whole. And we will come together and we will, the two shall be one, right? And mm-hmm. the truth is, is for the two to be one, both people have to be whole. This is one plus one equals uh, better than one, not half plus half equals one. And when I think about our, how we, especially in the beginning, how we started out, it was very much... Me trying to get you to do the things that I wanted you to do and you trying to get me to do the things that you wanted to do and neither of us were willing to just get in and do it and yeah. do, do our part.
0: Well, yeah, and, and we also felt like if I was doing those things and you were doing those things, then it should just be good.
1: Yeah, everything should be perfect. If you're know, if you meeting your obligations and I'm meeting if you had supper on the d- table at 5 o'clock and I brought home the bacon, then everything would be perfect, right? And that really wasn't the case. <laughs> no. no. it wasn't.
0: And then you can't be happy by waiting on someone else to make you happy. And I couldn't agree with this more because there are so many things in life that I would love. Like, for instance, it's really hard if, one, I'm requiring Zach to do things to make me happy. Right? Because it's really not fair to him because... It's not like he has a crystal ball into my head of what's going to make me happy. and
1: I've often told you I'm not a mind reader.
0: Yeah, and and oftentimes, right, if as the wife you say, well, I would like X, Y, Z, and then they do it, you're like, well, you're just doing that because I asked for it, right? Right. You never are like, oh, I'm so happy you did that. You're like, I just told
1: you to do that, and now you're doing it. And
0: And you don't really want to do it. And then the other thing is, is that, do you really want your spouse doing stuff that they don't want to do just so you can be happy?
1: Yeah. I think that creates guilt, I think, rather than what you really want, which is, you know, the joy that someone has given you something. And this is a two-way street, by the way. We've talked about this uh, on other pod. I think we talked about this on Amanda Louder's podcast when it came to sex, right? Yeah. It was like I was asking you for sex and you were giving sex and you didn't feel like you could say no and I didn't feel like I could say you know, no either, because if you offered it, I was like, yeah, give it to me. And that's not happiness, because if you can't, and I think we actually talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, uh, where if you can't say no, then you can't really say yes. And this, you know, you can't be happy waiting on someone else to make you happy. I remember um, a few years ago, um, what's his name? Will Smith said, I retired from making Jada happy, right? His wife. And I thought that was such a profound idea, and I I actually brought that to you, and I was like, I'm retiring from making you happy. At one point, I really did. I was like, nope, I'm done trying to make you happy. That's not my job. I'm going to try and make me happy, and you get to try and make you happy, and let's come together and be happy together. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think it creates so much resentment when we are expecting somebody else to do something to make us happy.
1: Yeah, yeah you have to give me sex so I can be happy and I have to give you things so you can be happy. Yeah. And and it just never, in the end it never ends up feeling right. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good, good thought. So how can we be happy? How do you, how do you, how did you get to be happy? <laughs> <laughs> this is something we, I, we'd actually talk about this in the self mastery membership quite a bit because we are always getting people who come to us, whether, you know, it's whether it's in individual coaching or in the membership during the open calls, we get people coming and they're saying, I am not happy with my spouse. And I think this is a really good place to just kind of begin your process. How can you create happiness for you? And I think the very first thing that I would suggest is know what you want from your life. And it really it has to be your own and it has to be important to you. And you have to be willing to make it happen even when your partner isn't 100% on board yet. And I think cats and dogs are a really good example of this in our life. Tell us about how you have cats and I don't like them.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> I, I love animals. I love having animals. I
1: love. She would have a veritable menagerie of, like, there would be a zoo. In a I think I would live on could. a ranch if I could. Like yeah. if, so I could if any of you out there have a ranch. snap my you're... fingers
0: and have horses and, <laughs> you know, baby kittens in the barn. And, and
1: puppies. puppies. I
0: would be, uh... yes, I would love it. Um, and but, I, don't,
1: I don't hate animals, I just am not, we have eight kids, so I, I'm very comfortable cleaning up after eight kids. Well, I'm not super comfortable, I don't really want to clean up after eight kids either, but, <laughs> but I also am like, I don't want to add to that by adding a dog and three cats.
0: I chose to create happiness by getting kittens yeah. and bottle feeding them and taking care of them and they bring joy into my life.
1: And I think this is a good place. So one of the things that I did to create my own happiness and, you know, know what it was that I wanted from life. You, I know what you want. You want kittens, right? And it's, for me, it was, you know, choosing to create my top five priorities. And this was, you know, for me, the top five priorities are you, the kids, Heavenly Father, my work, and myself, right? Not necessarily in that order, but definitely those are the top five priorities. And then I also listed out what what happens, what do I do when I'm choosing those things, right? So when it comes to you, it's you know quality time and quantity time. For me, it's exercise and eating healthy. These are all the things that are on my list of priorities, which makes my ability to say no and yes much more easy. Right, because then I, because it's wait. Well, is it on my priority list? Yes, great. I can say yes if I choose to. If it's not on my priority list, then it makes it a lot easier to say no because it's just not as important to me as you know something else. So you have to lay out what is it that you really want in life, and then start creating that. And for Darcy, it was cats. She really wanted cats in life. All right, number two on the list is believe in you, and this is really about self confidence. This is about believing what you want to believe about yourself. You know. I have I've told this story about my sister-in-law who she was like you guys can't be life coaches you can't help anybody right and I don't think that's true and but I also didn't have any proof otherwise so I just was like no I think we have something that we can share with people and people seem to like it so awesome for us right and I just we just chose to believe in us. And really one of the first things to, to do there was, you know, begin by knowing what makes you happy. What is the thing that actually makes you happy? And that's totally your thoughts. It's 100% your thoughts.
0: I find often the ladies that I work with is that they they really believe that when their spouse does something, that that is what makes them happy. Or sad. Or sad, yes. Um, or angry or frustrated. All, all the emotions, right? That... And the, and the problem with that is is that we have no power then, right? If we are dependent on something that our spouse does or doesn't do or says or doesn't say to make us happy, then how do we have any power to create happiness for ourselves? If we're dependent on what other what other people are doing. And an example of this is when we think that oh, well, my spouse did this and so I'm happy. What's really going on is your spouse did this and you think, oh, that's great that he did that. I really appreciate that he showed me that. Or, And that makes you happy because you could just as easily think when they did something, oh, I can't believe you did that. How dare you do that, right? And so it really is dependent on how you are interpreting what your spouse is doing. And not on the actual act that they are doing.
1: Yeah, this is. I think this shows up a lot in the world. And the truth is, is that we see people do things, and depending on the interpretation that we give that, that's that's when we know. That's when we create the feelings, right? My my dad's a mortician, and in our house, while my dad, uh, you know, death was never like this joyous moment. Death for our home and for our family you know for for the most part was actually a very good experience because when people died we had work and that meant that there was food on the table and things like that and yet you know when most people think of death they think it's sad and lonely and frustrating and all those things especially if you you know you've known someone who's died and I, i'm not i don't want to diminish those feelings and thoughts for you but i want you to understand that the the thought is really the thing that makes it happy or sad or whatever. And you can just choose what thoughts you want. You can take the power back and you can just decide, Oh, this is, this is what I want to believe. And, you know, along those lines, you know, choosing the story that you want to tell about yourself is a huge component of just believing in you. You know, I have a client who, you know, his story is so just you know, it it made me cry the first time I heard it. I'll be honest with you. I was listening to this guy's story and I wanted to cry. And afterwards I was like, so sad for him because of how difficult the story was. You know, he was uh, abused and, and he was basically orphaned in a way that, you know, just was tragic. And then working with him, we decided to just change the story Because he'd been working with therapists for years to deal with this story. And we just decided to be like, well, what if we told the story slightly differently? And also, it's still being true. What if we told the story from a perspective that you're triumphing, that you have triumphed. And he is a very successful person now. He's very successful in his marriage. He's very successful in life. And you look at the things that he had to do to get there. And a lot of that comes from the work that he had to do as a young man figuring out life in a way that none of us would ever wish on anyone, but he became the hero in this story. And it was such a transformation in just hearing this new story and changing that story just a little bit and telling it from a different perspective in a way that created this belief in himself that he is actually pretty amazing and that he's not going to be abandoned again. That sort of change in perspective gave him so much space to be happier. And then I think the last one is take risks. And one of the biggest risks that I think we all have is telling our spouse what's really going on for us. This is not just, you know, confessing that I looked at pornography, because I think that is a component of it. But I think the bigger component is really being willing to open up your heart and open up what's what's going on for you. And part of that is going to be the work that you do on yourself. It's going to be figuring out what is actually going on with me. What do I feel? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And what are the thoughts that are creating that so that I can actually express them? So that's, you know, those two things together, that taking risks, that's where you begin the process of saying, I want to share my actual reality with you, not just the one that I want you to perceive as happening. And then
0: and I feel oftentimes that's really scary for the spouse, right? I think it's scary sometimes to really hear your husband be vulnerable and really share the the intimate details and vulnerability of what's going on for them, and to be able to accept that.
1: Yeah, and I think it's hard for men to do to to just say what's happening. I think we I often joke that men. Well, have- I
0: think because the men don't want to hurt us or they don't want to make us unhappy. They feel right. like they have to make their wives happy. Yeah. And so if what they're going to say isn't going to make us happy, then I think it's, in a way, it's harder to share that.
1: Oh, totally. And, and I've joked that men basically are supposed to only have three feelings, angry, hungry, and horny. And that's not true. We, we have the entire breadth of human feeling. We just often suppress it and move on because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. That's what we think we're supposed to do. And I think the next thing that you have to do is you have to be willing to hold space for your spouse if they don't like what's going on with you. If they don't like the feelings that you're dealing with, you have to be willing to hold, you know, allow them to just not like them and be upset and frustrated. Because the truth is, is that, you know, if you're risking, you know, you're taking that risk and you're telling your spouse, hey, listen, I'm looking at pornography and this is why I think I'm looking at pornography and this is how it feels and this is why I'm feeling this way. Your spouse may very well not be, create a, a very safe environment for you they may like threaten divorce they may tell you that you have to leave they may start you know you know ultimatums and all the things that come along and you have to be willing to both hold space for them and yourself and that is hard to do and it's not it's not a skill that we're often taught
0: yeah and and I think also for the husbands is realizing that you don't have the power to make your wife react a different way, yeah, right? Like
1: You don't have the power to make her happy and you don't have the power to make it so that she will react in a way that is okay for you. Yeah. And you can't expect that from her either.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that has to go both ways. You have to be responsible for your own emotions and feelings and your wife has to be responsible for hers. And so if you're thinking well, I did this, and this is going to upset her, not telling her won't necessarily make it any better.
1: Right, and you have to, I think, allow her her agency. Now, I think it's important to recognize that you don't tell your spouse something just to upset them, right? How you approach this, I think, is really important. You're not coming into her to, like, you know, throw it in her face and say, this is what I'm doing, and this is how I feel, and you need to deal with it, right? That, that's not going to work either, because that's yeah. not intimacy, that's that's something different.
0: And then the last thing is forgive yourself and forgive your spouse.
1: Yeah, I think when you're holding space and you're creating that, you know, allowance for other people's feelings, all of a sudden there's a lot less to forgive because, you, you know, you're dealing with humans, you're dealing with their feelings, and you're dealing with what it is that they are dealing with, you know, intimately in their own brains, and it becomes a lot less like you did this to hurt me. It becomes a lot more, you did this because you were hurting. And I think that's really important to recognize. And I think it allows you to forgive much more easily. It allows me to forgive a lot more easily anyway. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I think that all of that allows you to create intimacy, which intimacy is 100% knowing the other person in your relationship and not holding any of their weaknesses against them. And I yeah. think that is so important in intimacy and in a happy, healthy relationship.
0: Yeah. I think the the most important thing to remember is that you are in charge of your own happiness. What someone else does does not make you happy or unhappy. You just have thoughts about it that create that feeling.
1: Oh, yeah. that That's so true. And if you want greater intimacy, coming happy to your marriage coming whole more whole to your marriage you know creating the wholeness within yourself before you come to your marriage that will create a space for real true intimacy to thrive and I think that's essential that's that's been our experience anyway
0: yeah
1: I like you a lot better than I did even when we were first married I'm gonna leave that pause in (laughs) (laughs) That's it? You don't even like me now? Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Oh, good grief. (laughs) That was like, I was fishing for a compliment. I wanted you to be like, I like you better now too.
0: I love you so much more now. I'll give you a break.
1: I love you. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. We love doing this podcast. We love chatting with you guys. If you want a little bit more help with any of the concepts that we talk about here on the podcast... Go ahead and set up a consult or join the Self Mastery membership. It's going to be open now for through January. So go ahead, check it out. Join if you want. We'd love to have you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Imagine you sitting next to your loved one and no longer bogged down by the greatest trial of your life. Each month I offer a free webinar that you can attend where you can get your questions answered about how you can break free from pornography use. Take a moment now and go to the website zaxpaffordcom freecall free call and you can sign up for free. You don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to ask questions, learn a new skill and even get coached live if you like. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography.